0: Hey there, traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. What are some incredible signals that'll make you money in the stock market? Well, that's on today's episode of the How to Trade Stocks and Options Podcast. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, go to one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, 10-Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast. Hey, do me a favor real quick. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications so you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Today, we've got our friend back on the line again, Steve Burns, and we're going to be talking about his book, Moving Averages 101. These are the incredible signals that will make you money in the stock market. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for coming back online today. Hey, it's great to be
1: here once again, Chris.
0: Hey, I, I, I'm going through this. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, moving averages was not a topic that I really had dove into too much. Uh, I'd had Steve on before and we talked about moving average crossovers, but I feel like maybe I should have read this book first uh, because this one really gives a lot more insight to not just the moving averages in general, but what are they? What do they do? What do they mean? Things of that nature. Um and honestly, I think this could be this this could be its own course if I if I'm correct, right? Steve, you have a it, course of this on your website?
1: Yes, there is actually a moving average one hundred and one e course as well, with me actually talking over the principles and showing charts and some examples at the end. You are correct.
0: Yeah, I would highly recommend that. I mean, I would start here for people, uh, read this book, get an idea, and then go check out Steve's course. Cause honestly, I'm sure he goes into significantly more detail than what's in the book, but the book is a huge place to start. It's there's a, a vast amount of information in this book. And I I was very, very impressed by it. And I learned a a, a huge amount.
1: That's great, dude. That's been one of my most popular selling books. It's been right up there with New Trader Rich Trader. Oh, I, I can believe
0: it. I honestly it uh really opened my eyes to what what a lot of the the principles are that go into it and you 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 talk a lot about the the benefits of having a quantifiable system and i i believe reading through this that moving averages play a huge part in that
1: yeah moving average is sort of a way to quantify a trend line while trend lines can be opinionated uh you know moving average is mathematical there's no way to alter what it says
0: that makes sense. I heard somebody say one time that they will never place a trade based on an imaginary line that somebody drew. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not exactly the case with these moving averages. These are actually data points.
1: Exactly. Yeah, moving averages. Uh, what the math of an average of prices are versus what somebody wants a trend line to be. I mean, trend lines. I mean, they trend lines can identify trends over long periods of time, but it's very hard to be quantifiable trading tools. Unless you have uh, some really, really good quantitative software.
0: Mm-hmm. that makes that makes a lot of sense. So before we get started, and really, chapter one of this book is, hey, what is a moving average? Steve, when you hear the term moving average, how would you explain that to somebody?
1: Yeah, it's actually a, a line on a chart that represents the trend of price action in a specific time frame. so a ten day moving average would be the average of the price over 10 days and as it, if it's going up it's showing that the price is rising if it's going down it's showing that the price is declining in that specific time frame it's a way to it's a way to alleviate opinions and predictions and focus on math and reality
0: <laughs> focusing on math and reality is a good idea when you're trading <laughs> instead of just trying to to guess which which direction it's going to go these moving averages can actually show you the direction that that things are going correct
1: yeah and and there's a lot of precedent for this for some of the best traders i mean the best day trader uh marty Schwartz. i mean he made 20% returns monthly which is unheard Whoa. of he, he didn't compound the capital he's actually in the market wizards book he didn't compound it but he you know made a living trading and become a multimillionaire and he was religiously believing in the 10 day ema for trading uh, day trading s&p 500 futures contracts so that's one big that's a big endorsement from Marty Schwartz. I mean, he talks about that in his uh in his book a uh, uh Pitbull. Then you have as we talked about in the past, Paul Tudor Jones believed long-term trend following or 200-day moving average was where he did not like to go long below that line as that was the last line of support before uh something could go to zero. Yeah, and
0: and that makes a lot of sense to me. In fact, when
1: I am looking at my trades now,
0: uh, I actually implemented a lot of what I learned from Steve's book into my current trading plan. Uh, like I said, this this podcast has allowed me to connect with a lot of really inf- influential, very smart traders. And I never, ever would profess that I am by far the the guru that knows everything. I'm the opposite of that. I've learned a lot of expensive lessons, as I've shared before. But having people on like Steve and having a resource like this book – can allow you to alter, improve upon, and hopefully make more money than you were following your other uh, trading plans. So, yeah, and, and I'll share some of those those details later as we get to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know, and a lot of mine, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to have traded through some phenomenal bull markets in the, in the stock market and uh, you know achieved enough success and be financially independent. Uh, But same thing you're saying, you know, I don't proclaim to be a guru. I just I learned most of everything I learned came from the work of Jack Swager and Michael Covell of interviewing all the world's best traders over the last 30 years. And also, you know, what the market has taught me with real money and real time and and real pain and real joy and uh, real time through price action. So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, the book came down to just reoccurring patterns that I've seen over the past 20 years.
0: Mm -hmm. You trade stocks and options, right? Or at least you want to. Don't skip this ad, but pay attention. You're going to want to hear this. Do you ever feel like you just don't know which stock to pick? There's so many of them out there. Or maybe you even feel like the market is working against you and that every time you put on a trade, it just seems to go wrong. You're losing, you're sweating, you're always staring at your phone wondering why does this keep happening? My name is Christopher Yule, and I was awarded one of the top 100 people in finance, and I'm also the host of the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. And I found this awesome service called FinClub.ai that I want to share with you today. FinClub.ai uses artificial intelligence to deliver you the very best stock picks that I have ever seen. And with these stock picks, you're going to be trading with the algos out there instead of against them. This is the kind of tech that the big Wall Street banks use whenever they're placing trades. They really do take the guesswork out of trading and their win rates on any given day are between 85 and 95%. It is absolutely unreal and just a little scary just how well this artificial intelligence works. So click here to learn more and use the code 10MINUTE, that's one zero M I minute and you'll get two weeks of free stock picks delivered to you every single day. And as a bonus offer, you're going to get your first month half off, and that comes after your two-week free trial. So now you've got six weeks to see just how great the stock picks are at finclub.ai, where they take the guesswork out of trading. And you know, the first thing that I took away, and it's it's plainly obvious, and honestly, it's something that like my, my seven-year-old son could identify, moving averages are the simplest trend uh, follower. Uh, let me rephrase that. Moving averages are the simplest of all trend-following indicators. In uptrends, price tends to stay above a key moving average. In downtrends, price typically stays below a key moving average. So, for example... Let's say I had a 10-day moving average, it could be simple, it could be exponential, doesn't matter. The point is is having that data point. If it's in a positive trend, it will stay above that line. If it's in a negative trend, it'll stay below that line. I don't know why how how sometimes I can be so thick and so dense, but that I was like, "Oh yeah, that is clear," but I never really honestly
1: took a minute to think about it. And if you and if you look back at the uh you know, the the plunge into Christmas Eve and then the rally out of Christmas Eve. You can see the ten day EMA was was the end of day resistance all the way into Christmas Eve and then after the rally after the volatility and the move upwards, then the 10 day EMA became the end of day support. So you can actually see that on a V bottom, even the 10 day EMA was outside the boundaries of volatil- price volatility. So you know, you can become very clear over long periods of time when you start seeing these patterns on charts.
0: Wow, that that's really interesting. I I didn't even realize that. Uh, I might have to go back and, and check the charts to to see that for myself, and then maybe use that more in my own trading plan. It is a good filter. Yeah, and, and what's really cool about this book here is that Steve breaks it down. He talks about the five, the ten, the twenty-one, the fifty, the two hundred, and then he gives some other uh, filters. I guess you could call it uh, to go along with those moving averages. So let me see here real quick. Um, I'm looking in chapter three, the five-day EMA. And Steve calls this, uh, he he puts in parentheses here, the five-day EMA is momentum. And I'm going to read from the, the chapter real quick. Uh, you can enter after a break above the 200-day SMA, uh, simple moving average, with an end-of-day stop on close below the 200. Then if prices break above the 50, you can move your stop to a close above the 50, then to the 10-day, and then finally close above the 5-day. So basically what Steve is saying here is that as things progress, you can move stops up to go along with that, with the ultimate uh, ending point, uh, really the, the shortest period, being the 5-day. And Steve goes on further to say the 5-day EMA is a great way to use a trailing stop for a winning trade on breakouts over the 50 or the 200 so if it's above the 200 or if it's above the 50 either one of those is a good indicator that it's uh basically a bull market a, um, a bullish bias uh, and then the five can be your entry and exit signal I, uh, well i wouldn't call it a signal entry and exit um uh, line stop. of defense i'm sorry what was that yeah trailing stop trailing stop perfect
1: yeah that you can actually tear that's one thing cool about trading trends when we do have trends in the market is you can you know if you, if the price breaks above the 200 day and then it keeps going your initial stop loss might be the 200 day but if it does trend and keep going and go over the the 100 day and the 50 day you can actually move your trailing stop up to as long as it stays above the 100 I'll stay long as long as you stay above the 50 I'll stay long You know, the best problems are when you when you have a gap up, you know, you're already above the five day even and you're using your trailing stop and then it gaps up so high you have to move it to like the the uh, close below the previous day's low. You know, it's a good problem to have. But the whole key, though, is you want to keep moving your trailing stop up because you want to lock in the profits while they're there. You don't want to ride it all the way back down to your initial stop loss. You want to change your stop loss to a trailing stop as you capture a trend so you can lock out your profits when the trend stops.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so do you update these just, just for your own sake? Do you update these daily or weekly or every other day? How do you keep track of that?
1: Yeah, daily. I trade off the okay. daily chart at end of day. I look at every day I go through my my uh, my charts end of day and look at where the moving averages are.
0: Gotcha. Speaking of averages, and speaking of Marty Schwartz, the 10-day EMA, uh, which Steve has labeled here as the short-term trends, Marty Schwartz uh, gives the, the quote to open the chapter. The 10-day exponential moving average, also known as the EMA, is my favorite indicator to determine the major trend. I call this the red light, green light because it is imperative in trading to remain on the correct side of a moving average to give yourself the best probability of success. When you are trading above the 10-day, you have the green light. The market is in positive mode and you should be thinking buy. Conversely, Trading below the average is a red light. The market is in a negative mode, and you should be thinking sell. Uh, that's a great quote there. Uh, I mean, a little long for me to have to, to, to read all that much, and I apologize <laughs> to the podcast audience out there. But I I think that's a really, really sound description of how to use the, the 10-day EMA.
1: And plus, it's coming from a uh, legend, one of the more, more more successful traders ever. I mean, he he had some incredible, he traded S&P futures and that was his primary signal. And so it's not just somebody's opinion. That was one of the greatest traders of the last uh, 30 years.
0: So when you call this a signal, would you say a close above the 10-day EMA is a signal for a long, if it's above the 200? Or would you wait for X number of days to confirm that point before going long? Because I've heard both. What What do you think is better?
1: Yeah, and it, it really depends on your own strategy. You know, a lot of times the 10-day EMA is a trailing stop for me as I key off of longer-term moving averages or I'll enter on a, on a 10-day, 50-day crossover, and then I'll use a trailing stop of the 10-day EMA. And Plus, it shows me, you know you know, what side the trend's on, but each person has to pick their own specific time frame and their own specific methodology. The 10 day EMA by itself, you know, during volatile chop, you know, the market's not always in a trend. If you're going chopping through the 10 day EMA over and over again, then you're in a range bound sideways market. It doesn't work. It only works for trend and momentum. So you have to have volatility filters. So you might have to have a crossover to get in and the 10 day EMA be your trailing stop. You know, and if you're and if you're under the 10-day EMA, like in that the plunge into Christmas Eve, you don't want to try to be going long when it's under the 10-day EMA as well. So it's really a tool. It's not you can't you can't mechanically trade the 10-day EMA as a standalone signal, but it is one of tools to uh, help you manage the volatility because you can't do that when the market's sideways. You will be chopped up and get back the money you made during the trend.
0: Okay, folks. I don't know if you had your pen and paper out for that. But uh, Steve just dropped about sixteen bombs on you right there, and I really hope that you were paying attention. Uh, if you weren't, please pause. Please back up about a minute and a half and listen to that again, because Steve, I was writing this down as he was talking. Crossovers are volatility filters, and you can use the lines as uh, as this. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, trailing stop. So the volatility filter being. Uh, a, A that the ten and fifty crossed over. We've got a, a direction. We've got a momentum. We've we've got an idea of which way to go. Mm-hmm. And then B, we're going to use that line now as our our exit point.
1: Correct? Yes. And a, and a and a moving average is both a risk management tool and a trend filter. They are both things, and they're tools for building your own strategy. Gotcha. Based uh, on and your the- own time frame. I mean, it can even come to play for options trading. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love
0: trading options. I, I, we've discussed that before. Uh, and the way I look at it is like all of this stuff that I'm putting together, I, I can still use for options trading like this, for example, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go long by a call, but I could sell an at the money put credit spread, something like that. Um, where I've got a nice 50, 50, uh, risk reward ratio on the, uh, put credit spread itself. Um, but I have some, Uh, I guess you could say some room to be wrong if I'm selling the put credit spread, because even there, uh, it's going to give me, let's call it 50 cents of, of, uh, 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 not support, 50 cents of room to be wrong before it it turns into a loser. So, yeah, I
1: I, I take all of this and and try and make a, a big picture aspect out of it. Yeah, one, one cool thing about options with trend following trading or trend trading moving averages is the, is the asymmetric dynamics of a long call. A lot of the reasons the trend followers made so much money uh, trading was because they used futures contracts, which applied all the leverage to their positions with a minimum outlay of capital. And the same applies to the options. So if you were going to have like a 10-day, 10, 10 50-day uh, EMA crossover buy signal in a chart and you bought a uh, three-month out option or two-month out option, you know if it's a trend – you know, you buy at the money, or you buy maybe, you know, just a few strikes out of the money, and it and it does trend in your favor. That's going to be profitable. If you lose, if you just let it run to expiration, if you lose, you lose the amount of the contract price. But if you do capture a trend, you could have a big win, and that itself could make you profitable using long options to trade uh, moving average signals.
0: Absolutely, that's uh, that's that's really great. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can pencil that into my trading plan. <laughs> So now we're moving on to the 21-day EMA, which is labeled here as pullback support. One of the things that I like that Steve talked about in the 21-day EMA is it's an intermediate-term trend in the market. It gives the trades more room to breathe without being stopped out prematurely. So we talked a minute ago about having the 10-day EMA as your stop loss, but maybe – Maybe you've got a really volatile stock like Tesla, and it moves a a bunch every single day, or Amazon, or something like that. Uh, maybe a ten is a little too uh, too close for you, and you want to have some some extra room. A twenty one day could be a right uh, right spot for you there.
1: Yeah, twenty one day EMA and a twenty day SMA are two that I also use for crossovers and trading. Like I think right now Alibaba, my stop loss in it is a close below the twenty day EMA. Because, like you said, uh, some of them need more breathing room. The volatility is too wide, like you said exactly. Tesla and alibaba both, uh, they both, they both, uh, you know, swing more violently, and they're not as smooth as an index might be. So, you know, that is a more breathing room kind of, kind of a position. Plus, you can also use it as a buy signal if you, depending on your own plan, if it breaks above the 20-day. Uh, recently, I bought Alibaba because it broke above all key moving averages, so I set my end-of-day stop loss if it closes back below the 20-day EMA because that's the moving average that's had meaning over the past uh, few months. If you look at charts, you can actually see patterns of where a key 50-day or a 20-day actually has meaning on specific charts.
0: Gotcha. So, okay.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a ton
0: of sense. Uh, people would call that support and resistance lines, and, and we are having
1: those quantified rather than just drawing them on the screen willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, and it might show places of accumulation or distribution as well, depending on the trend.
0: Right, that's well said. And accumulation being that uh, people are, are, are buying shares, institutions are buying shares, mm-hmm. people are, are making positions in this, this uh, security here. Uh, and distribution meaning the
1: opposite, right? They've taken their profits, or they're 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 cutting losses. Yeah, you can also see, you know, where people are selling as a as a downtrend rallies back into a key moving average that it's actually holding as re- end of day resistance, and it's going back below again. That's a sign of distribution as well.
0: Right now, here in this chapter, you talk about while trading the twenty one day EMA. It is important to use an exit strategy that maximizes profits instead of waiting for a return to the 21 EMA, which we talked about earlier, about having it cross over and then getting out at a different point instead of waiting for it to come back down. Steve mentions here that the RSI is one tool he uses for exiting stock trades, uh, especially uh, stock indexes and big cap, uh, big cap growth stocks. And whenever it's looking to uh, approach the 70 RSI, he combines the 70 RSI with the moving averages. So he's still long. He still likes it. It's still above his moving average uh, indicators here. But the RSI is showing a relative strength index, is showing a opportunity for things to slow down, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he doesn't want it to go all the way back down to his 21 day or 10 day EMA or wherever his exit point is. He wants to basically exit at the most opportune time.
1: Yeah, the 70-30 the RSI, it's a, I use a daily chart in a 14-day 14, um, uh, 14 day, uh, uh, time frame, 14-day uh, reading to do a 30-70 RSI. And it's, it's, for me, it's the measurement of overbought, oversold. Like if you get to a 70 RSI, it's usually something that's gone too far too fast, and it's got to the 70 RSI. The 70 RSI can either be a short-term top in a um, – in a uh, longer-term uptrend, it might be short-term, it might go 70 RSI, you know, go sideways for a couple weeks and then go higher once it works through overbought conditions. But, you know, I've seen a lot of things go from 30 RSI to 70 RSI, but I've never seen a thing go from a 70 RSI to a 110 RSI. <laughs> Generally, 70, 75 is just about all you're going to get the vast majority of the time. I mean, some things do go parabolic at times over the 70 RSI, but that's usually unusual. I'd probably say my studies, uh, eight nine out of ten times, 70 RSI is a short term top in most indexes and big cap stocks. So you know it's a play, it's a profit target. You could, if you entered if it if a price broke over all the key moving averages, then you and it's at a 55 RSI, you could set it 70 RSI as your profit target. So you would establish your risk ward ratio. If it goes to 70 RSI, you take profits. If it goes back below the five-day EMA or the ten-day EMA, you stop out. That's one way to really create a risk reward ratio using an RSI. As a seventy to me is overbought, thirty is oversold.
0: That's well said. And whenever you're looking at these
1: indicators here, it's
0: important to know how how they work. Uh, I when I was venturing into the RSI world a few years ago. Um, and the S and P's were just, they were going every, up every day, probably like 20, 50 points. You know, the S and P's, they only go up, they never go down. <laughs> um, and the RSI at all times was above 70. I mean, it goes 70, 72, 78, 80, 72, 70, whatever. And when I first started looking at RSI to me, cause I didn't know any better and you should obviously do your own research. But to me, when I saw the 70 RSI, I was like, Oh sweet. That's time to short. Boy, was I wrong. I uh, I love talking about my expensive lessons, and that was one of them. I was looking at the charts, right, and it's it's red above the uh, the seventy RSI, and it just it was a it was a red bar like forever on top of the seventy RSI, and I'm like, okay, yeah, must be time to short. And the RSI, and Steve mentions this somewhere in the book here. It can stay overbought for months. There's no. No indicator there that says, hey, this is a, a turnaround point, but to Steve's point a minute ago is that it can be used as a profit target. Once it enters that zone, it could be a time to exit, but it certainly would not be a time to, to turn it around. That's not the indicator we're looking at here.
1: Yeah, and from all my research, and it's so controversial, is uh, selling short the stock market and the leading stocks in this sector ETFs is just – generally not a good idea. It's very rare. I man I get so much pushback from this. Oh, you can make a killing in 2008, or you can make a killing in 2002, 2001. It's like generally, you know, if, if you use the 70 r size of short, like you're saying, you've, eventually you're probably going to, when it goes parabolic, you're going to get back what you made on the short side. Mm-hmm. The stock market is under long-term accumulation uh, on the level of the indexes and sectors uh, for the last 100 a couple hundred years it's been under accumulation over the long term i mean you do have short-term bear markets but the short side is generally not a good thing to play unless you can catch a specific stock that's going to break down and go into distribution over a short period of time it's very hard to quantify that but uh the short side is usually bad and uh, so many reasons for the stock market
0: right Uh, that that's really interesting i got you there um and coming to the Paul Tudor Jones section of the book here, uh, we're at the 200-day SMA, the bull's last stand. And you know, we can we can talk all day long about holding things and letting them have some sort of volatility. Or uh, I mentioned this on the last time that Steve was on holding it, and you 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 gotta. This was a guy on YouTube I I, I had found. He's, he's got sound advice, but he doesn't have the full picture. And he's like, you know, you buy it, you hold it, you're a long-term investor, you, you take those dividends, all is good. But, dude, when you lose 50% of your value and you watch it go plunging through your 200 SMA, um, yeah, those dividends aren't going to make up for that. Uh, but that's that's where Steve really makes a, a very strong point here. Above the 200 SMA, it's a long a long opportunity below the 200 SMA that's not a long opportunity. in fact I believe he says somewhere here nothing good happens under the 200 SMA <laughs> yeah
1: that's I mean that's the first warning before 2008 or Enron or internet bubble pops I mean that's the first warning I mean it, it doesn't always break down but it's it's always good to not you know 2008 I was primarily in cash I did not take any of the beatings in 2008 in my primary accounts. Uh, that i trend follow i went down to smaller time frames and did some uh some smaller time frame trading in 2008 but all my bigger money that i had made from 2000 the, the last big run 2003 and 2007 i kept during 2008 because i didn't venture down there in the in the gallows (laughs) <laughs> you know, in the I, I learned I learned a lot of these lessons in the two thousand two thousand internet dot com meltdown two thousand one two thousand two. You know, after March of two thousand, it got really wild and choppy, and I learned a lot of lessons there. I applied to two thousand eight, so my life was very easy in two thousand eight versus being miserable.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, and and miserable from. From so many different directions. I mean, you've got the housing bubble, you've got financial crisis, all this other stuff. Steve's kicking back on the beach in Barbados. He's got his feet
1: up, he's got his mai tai, he's good to go. <laughs> yeah, I found CNBC <laughs> entertaining in the 2008 instead of stressful 2008. So, you know, right. that, But I, I knew I wasn't going to go through another dot com. I mean, that cost me a 50% drawdown when it all, all dust settled, and I wasn't going to do that again. I'd work too hard for uh, to accumulate the the. Beautiful bull market profits of two thousand three and two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and uh, I I get it, man. <laughs> I think a <laughs> lot of people, a lot of people just don't know what it's like to have the drawdowns. Um, there right. there's something. Money is purchasing power. Mm-hmm. Money is the the way I look at money. Money is opportunity. Yes. I have the opportunity to stay at home today. I have the opportunity to go to Barbados and put up my feet. I have the opportunity to buy my new Aston Martin. If I don't have money, I don't have the opportunity to feed my family. I don't have the opportunity to pay my water bill. That's the way I look at, at money. It, it is opportunity in its uh, most real form in this world that we live in. You can say money's through whatever. But if you don't have money, your life is a hell of a lot more stressful than somebody who does have money if you balance your stress right. Obviously, people who have money are stressed about one thing or another, but they can always pay their light bill. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the kind of
1: stress I don't have to worry about.
0: Yeah, and going so through
1: – oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's so many different levels, of it too. Like you can have financial peace where you just have enough money where you're not worried about being fired tomorrow. You're going to be okay. Then you can have financial uh, freedom where you don't have to work at your job or do whatever you're doing. You can go do whatever you want. You have enough money to do whatever you want to do. So you have the financial freedom. And then you have financial independence where you don't have to do anything, where you mm-hmm. can you can just do what you love doing and leave it at that. It's so a lot of different levels, like you said, and why people would want act like they want to trade for a living and then uh, trade like they want to get rich tomorrow is just such a counterintuitive move. I think think some, that's something similar to what Rolf Schlotman said of a trade society, where, you know, try, get rich quick. You're never going to get rich.
0: <laughs> that's a real fast way to get poor quick if you're yeah, trying yeah. to get rich quick. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I talked to to a guy who uh, he wants to be a trader um, and he's like, man, I can't wait to stare at charts all day long and really get into it. And I'm like, no, you don't want to stare at charts all day long. <laughs> like my whole deal is 10 minute stock trading, right? I want to look at as few things as possible. And in fact, I was making a few notes from Steve just in this interview here about how I can uh, improve some of my signals. So I'm looking at charts even less. The last thing I want to be is <laughs> stuck at this.
1: Yeah, like some of the greatest traders like uh, uh, Market Wizard Tom Basso and uh, Ed Sakota and uh, Nicholas Darvis, a lot of them were end of day traders. They did not, you know, all the day traders. I just, I don't even know if I'd want to sit and look at screens for nine hours a day. I think I'd rather mm. go have a productive job or, or do something differently than that. I mean, that's, I mean, there's people that do it. I'm not saying that's not possible. There's very happy day traders that, that do that and make money, but they're very rare. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and to me, I think that would cause additional stress that you may not have to endure if you're only looking at it in the last hour of the day. That's how I've been doing it recently. Is around lunchtime, I will I'll pull up the the uh, the market and I'll I'll run a couple of quick scans, get some ideas, and then if those ideas are still valid, then in the last hour of the day, I will start looking to adjust my prices to get them filled. Uh, members of Ten Minute will know that uh, I usually send out an alert. Around lunchtime, and say, Hey, I'm looking at X, Y, and Z. Uh, these are the trades I have on. Uh, and then I'll send a, an image out to them and say, uh, You know, these are my open orders. But I always put the orders like a few cents away. From the current price. So if they do get filled, Hey, it was, it was a good, good trade already. I've made a couple of dollars from where I was a few minutes ago, but if they're not filled by two o'clock, two o'clock central time, that's when I, I actually put my hat on and, and
1: get to work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, are, yeah, are we yeah. going to make this
0: happen? Is it confirmed? What, what's changed in yeah. the last couple
1: hours? That's what I do. I start checking in around 2:15, 2:30, and look at, go through the charts and look at all the different signals and see what's, uh, what's, what's working, what's not working for about maybe 30, 45 minutes a day max. I mean, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, the vast majority of all the market wizards and trend followers that made billions and uh, if not millions of dollars, they were not day traders. They were position traders. They were investors. They were trend followers. They were trend traders. Uh, they were not day traders uh, by the vast majority. So, and right. also all the money I made and all the benefits I've enjoyed with uh, my success in the stock market was from long term trades. My best winning months were when I when I placed no trades. I just had a bunch of winners running for an entire month. Were my best month.
0: Oh man, and that's a great month too because you didn't have to do very much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, look at the time. Another thing people consider, I think we talked about before, is the time. You've know, you got to calculate if you're spending nine, ten hours a day trading live, 50 hours a week or even more times a year, like how much you have to make just to compensate yourself for your time. If you lose money as an end-of-day trader, you've lost money. If you lose money as a day trader, you've lost your money and your time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's well said. (laughs) Yeah. So something that pretty much anyone could implement very quickly, just with a few clicks on your broker platform are some moving average crossover systems. Steve has a whole book on moving average crossover systems. In fact, uh, his his book on that is 50 ways to beat buy and hold using moving averages. And in fact, the, the, the most, the, the one with the highest return versus the, uh, the S and P um, which I'll, I'll let you go find it out. But he looked at it once a month. <laughs> and if it was above it once a month, then I'm in. If it's below it, I'm out. That's all you got to do. I mean, just simple stuff like that is is crazy. So make sure you check out the uh, moving average crossovers in the – I believe it's called uh, – uh, Steve, 50, remind me of the book name.
1: 50 moving average signals to beat buy and hold.
0: There you go. That's quite a uh, – a, a clickbaity title, but <laughs> it certainly <laughs> works. I'll tell you that. Uh, so talking yeah. about some moving average crossover signals here, um, it, we, we we mentioned it earlier, they would be used as a volatility filter. And one thing that I have implemented, like I said earlier, I was going to share some of the changes that I've made are these moving average crossover signals. But Steve, I want to, to, to pick your brain just a little bit on those. So let's say I've got my 10 and 30 or my, um five and 20 or uh whatever whatever we've chosen to cross over what if they cross over on monday and i'm like all right i'm going long and they cross back over on tuesday oh
1: geez now i got to close it. Well, how under. do you yeah how do you how do you work with that I just, I do take the cross under. So that when I cross, when I do the crossover, it's actually pretty rare. It does happen like you have a crossover. I think it happened in metals to me in the last few months where you have a crossover, it looks beautiful, and then you immediately have a whipsaw cross back <laughs> under the next day. I just take my small loss and move on with my life. But it, it's actually unusual. A lot of the, the 1050 crossovers that happen after the V bottom, they all worked out to have great trades uh, this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can yeah. believe that. But, uh, but, but some of the other ones, but you really always got to focus on, you just want small losses and small wins and big wins you just don't want to have big losses as long as you do not have big losses and you're able to get some big wins you're going to be profitable so you have to focus on that and yeah it's going to be I mean I wouldn't even have expectations of more than a 60 uh, 60 65 70 percent win rate at the very best I mean you can make money with a 50 percent win rate if your wins are big or mm-hmm. uh, wins are big and your losses are small so I don't really get yeah, I'm get free, get frustrated with some trades you know the bigger they are the more frustrated when you get a big whipsaw like that but the reality is, you just have to keep executing your trend trading system until you get those big wins.
0: Okay, All
1: right. That that gives me some uh, some advice there.
0: I, I appreciate that because I I've been in these and it's been been good on Monday and bad on Tuesday. I'm like, geez, does Steve even know what he's talking about? But the answer <laughs> is yes. And and had you followed the system, you'd have got out with a a minuscule loss, right? Um, yeah. Man. Versus doing it. A week later and be like ah oh, geez what was i thinking you know
1: yeah the, the biggest thing that causes unprofitability is big losses if you mm-hmm. can remove big losses you have a great probability of being uh, profitable
0: hey look i can
1: show you a whole lot of statements <laughs> <laughs> to prove that that is the case <laughs> so it's much you know, better to take the loss and get out and, and you know you don't have to worry about a small loss yeah yeah for sure
0: uh in fact on the last time that steve was on um that that was a real light bulb moment to me is that you don't need to hold things for large losses you know it should either be a big win or your exit should be as steve said a minute ago a big win a small win a scratch or a small loss there should never be a big loss and and really just having that in mind You know, yes, you're going to have transaction costs that suck. Yes, you're going to have small losers that suck. But when you got that big winner, that's 10 times, maybe more than that small loser. Hey, it's it's worth it. So I get that. Especially with
1: options. Options gives you a huge opportunity for monster wins.
0: Yes. Now, one one spot in this chapter that I really liked and I wanted to mention more about this um, is. Traders can use an always-in approach, staying long as the short-term moving averages crosses uh, over, or they can exit their long and then go short as the shorter-term moving averages crosses under. Uh, The approach works best with commodities as they Mm -hmm. tend to trend both directions. I, when I read this, I was like, wow, that's really smart. And, you know, if you're, you're, for example, in natural gas, and natural gas is – is above the, let's call it the 10 and 20 or the, the 10 and 30 or whatever you want to put together. Um, if it's above that, then you can go long, but once they cross over, Hey, you exit, you go short and then it goes down. Right. I like that idea. And it's a lot less work than, uh, (laughs) trying to, to time things. And then, and then you can take advantage of things moving up and down.
1: Yeah, and you, and with, especially with commodities because they're not bullish bias like other things. They're just based on supply and demand. So you'll be on the side of every big trend up. You'll be on the side of every big trend down. But you will be chopped up in some sideways ranges. But, uh, but uh, that's similar to what the turtles, you know, the legendary turtle traders did. They traded commodities short and long side in futures contracts, along with some uh, uh, equity futures as well. So that's, that's sort of where that idea came from.
0: Yeah, and if you're a type of person that likes to have core positions on, say, I mm-hmm. always want to have uh, an oil trade. That's an opportunity for you right there. It, it, it's clear as day, in or out, or uh, I'm sorry, not not in or out, but uh, up or down. I guess you could put it that way. Uh, so I, I like that idea. I, I may be putting putting some of that in uh, in my own portfolio here. Um, yeah, and especially with uh, all the major averages hitting all time highs. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, I, uh, geez, do I want to go in? I don't know, because then it could turn around. It's that, uh, what do they call it, the wall of worry. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm staring <laughs> at right now. And I'm like, I don't want to jump into this. I, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a strong bull market. It
1: feels like a very weak bull market. Yeah, usually about now is when you have all your friends and relatives and people yeah. calling you go, is it time to get long again? Is it time to get long? That's when you know it's a top because there's no one left to buy.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, Oh, have you heard about these pot stocks? You got to get in them. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's so much like Bitcoin or anything else, right? When your taxi driver is giving you financial advice, when your Uber driver, and the taxi's outdated. Now when your Uber driver is giving you financial advice. Yeah. That that's, um, what, what does Warren Buffett say? Uh, buy when
1: there's blood in the streets. And sell when there's, uh, uh be fearful, something like when others that. are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Exactly. Yeah. Um, boy I knew one, of, one of my buddies called me within 48 hours of the Bitcoin top and wanted to, should I get into Bitcoin crypto? And he actually went oh, and no. bought a bunch of altcoins oh. within 48 hours of the top. And I looked at my wife and said, well, there's the top. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, right. to there no one left to buy. There's no one left
0: to buy. Hey, do you trade options like I do? Then you don't want to skip this, you want to pay attention. I just found the very best options trading platform out there, and I want to tell you all about them. I bet you feel like you're never satisfied with your current options broker, right? Anytime you want to get help, anytime you call them, anytime you email them, you never actually get to talk to a human. And you need to talk to somebody because their platform is so difficult to use. I mean, you've got to go through all these different screens just to place a single trade. And then on top of that, their commissions are eating you alive. You can't even make money because the commissions cost more than your profits. My name is Christopher Ewell, and I was awarded one of the top 100 people in finance, and I'm also the host of the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. And Tastyworks is the platform that I use and I recommend. Yeah, I know they got a funny name, but you're going to want to learn more about this platform. It was built by options traders for options traders. So if you're an options trader, you definitely want to check out Tastyworks. It was built on the back of high-frequency trading technology, so you're going to be getting close to the best fills possible. And on top of that, their commission structure, it's almost unbeatable. It's only $1 per leg to open a trade and $0 per leg to close a trade. So click the link to check out Tastyworks today and use the code 10MINUTE, that's I minute to get over $150 in free 10-Minute Trader exclusive bonuses just for signing up for a Tastyworks account. It really doesn't get easier than that. You're going to get the best platform that I've ever used, and you're going to get free bonuses from 10MinuteStockTrader.com. So make sure you check out Tastyworks and use the code 10Minute, and you'll be just as blown away as I was by Tastyworks
1: and their options trading platform built by traders for traders.
0: so, We covered a huge amount of information on today's podcast, and if you guys really want to learn more, I suggest picking this book up. It's on Amazon. It's only going to cost you a few bucks. Uh, It's called Moving Averages 101, Incredible Signals That Will Make You Money in the Stock Market. And I'm going to have a link below for you to go straight to the book and pick up a copy for yourself. Honestly, it's – you could call it two hours maybe of reading, but the information contained in here can legitimately change the trajectory of your life if you apply it correctly. I, I mean it, man. I, I say this all the time. The podcast and being able to have people like you on has completely changed things for me. And then being able to share that with other people, share this kind of information out there. Look, Steve, Steve's not joking around, okay? This is the kind of stuff that he would want to have if he were in your shoes right now. So here you are, for just like a few dollars on Amazon, you can have this direct to your your iPhone, your iPad, whatever. Trust me, you spend a hell of a lot more for that iPad that you're going to read this on than the actual content that you're going to read. And you're going to make so much money versus the iPad, the iPad, the depreciating asset. Whereas this this book, really, you're going to make a hundred times over if you input <laughs> if you do it correctly. Quick <laughs> disclaimer Lovely. here: uh, no, uh, nothing's guaranteed or anything like that. <laughs> But for real, uh, I, I was in, incredibly blown away by this book, and I I would assume that if you went out and checked, and uh, if if you went out to Steve's website, NewTraderU.com, and took the course to accompany this, you would learn even more. So I'd highly recommend that.
1: Yeah, I have so read. I have read. I have let your audience know I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trading and investing books, and I've tried to compress that knowledge down to a easy easier digestible format, so you don't have to read tens of thousands of pages.
0: Oh man, I was really hoping to to spend the rest of my life trying to to read all those tens of thousands <laughs> of pages. <laughs> no, Steve's done an incredible job with this book, and I, I appreciate uh, the fact that I can share it with you guys, and hope that you get your own copy of it. I, I can't, I I honestly can't sell this hard enough. I, I, that that that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to miss out. Okay, I read this book. I made more highlights than a human should in a book. But I have learned a, uh, an incredible amount of information, and I hope you guys did from reading it and listening to Steve today. So, Steve, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast once again. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy to talk with you, Chris. Man, I can't wait for the next one. And if uh, if you get uh, Kindle Unlimited, you can pretty much, it's like you can stream all of Steve's books. So I'd highly recommend you check that out, too. Uh, and that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, where we learned a lot on the Moving Averages 101, incredible signals that'll make you money in the stock market. Please be sure to like and subscribe and enable notifications so you never miss any of the podcasts just like this one, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll be sure to see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I know you're a listener, but are you a watcher? Make sure you head on over to YouTube, type in 10-Minute Stock Trader, and subscribe to the 10-Minute Stock YouTube channel. Every week, I upload all the podcasts as full videos, and that way you're getting the full 10-minute trading experience. That way you can have all the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast app you're listening to, and leave me a five-star review if you don't mind. That would be fantastic. And whenever you're done with that, head on over to 10MinuteStockTrader.com and download the 1-Minute Options Trading Quick Start Guide. It'll give you all the tools, tips, and tricks that I use in my own portfolio, and it never gets outdated, and it will apply to every single options trade out there, so I think it'll be pretty useful for you. And while you're there, check out the free portfolio page. That'll show you everything that I've traded over the last year in full transparency. And since you're on the website already, check out the free trading course. In this free trading course, I give you every single thing that I know and use in my own portfolio, and I definitely think it'll help you out too. And then after you're done there, head on over to TastyWorks.com and sign up using the code 10MINUTE, that's one zero M I minute and I'll send you over $150 in free 10-Minute Trader exclusive bonuses from 10MinuteStockTrader.com. And most of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. I really appreciate the fact that you and I have connected today and that you've chosen to put me inside your earbuds. That means the absolute world to me. And thank you so much for stopping by. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person.